You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Have you always wanted to hear the hockey stories told from the press box? For your premier source of hockey prospect news from across the AHL, NCAA, Canadian Hockey League, and international leagues, this is your all-access pass to The Press Zone, a hockey podcast packed with news, analysis, interviews, and entertainment featured on AHLReport.com. Your hosts, Amy Johnson and Rick Stevens, are experienced, credentialed hockey reporters, bringing you stories built from strong connections throughout the hockey community and from inside rinks all across North America. Welcome to The Press Zone. Well, hello, friends, hockey fans. Welcome back to this week's episode of the Press Home Podcast right here on the AHL Report, part of Rocket Sports Media and a proud affiliate of the Hockey Podcast Network. Episode 305 of the Press Home Podcast, if you're counting. Thank you to those of you who have been with us since the beginning and welcome to those of you who are new to the show. It is summertime, but that does not mean that we don't have plenty of things to talk about. Uh, regarding hockey around the AHL Uh, and of course who else would be better to help me discuss all of those things than my very good friend and colleague our very own Patrick Williams as Rick likes to call him the AHL guru and he is uh, back again for a full show with us this week as we do kind of an extended AHL hot stove here in the off season. Uh, Patrick welcome back glad to have you here again. Oh I'm glad to be here thank you. I'm sorry. There's a, soon that uh, as soon as Rick gets to join us on the show again, the Angels hopefully will be back to to usher in your your entrance. The Angels have been uh, slacking off here. The Angels have been very much slacking off. We'll have to get on that. Um, it's uh, shoo, It's a day after draft lottery day. <laughs> uh, okay. Plenty of drama uh, yes. went on uh, on Monday night with Chicago coming. Would you believe? You know, uh, we we know that this show is is partially sponsored by our good friends over at DraftKings, and you know during the the season and so forth, I am I'm a regular DraftKings better, not huge amounts. You know, like a dollar here, fifty cents there. I I, I play it small. <laughs> My winnings are small, but I play it small. It's just kind of more for the fun of it than anything. Well, I was really busy with work on Monday. And I did not place a bet for who was going to win the draft lottery, which is something I would normally bet on. But I at least, you know, said out loud at, I don't know, 20 minutes till 8, I said, oh, I think it's going to be Chicago. I think Chicago's going to take it. And do you know how loudly I was screaming inside my head? <laughs> because I didn't place a bet on that. Um, yeah, it was, uh, it was an interesting night. That's for sure. <sighs> It is funny, right? Like, you think of, like, this is a huge multi-billion dollar business, right? And there's all these decisions and planning and, you know, like, you know, <laughs> people building these things years and years and, out. And a ping pong ball. And it comes down to, like, <laughs> like which way the ping pong ball spins mm-hmm. and then lands. I mean. I know. 
Yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't know what to make of that, right? Like, like is life really just that random? Not to get, like... Really philosophical today? Philosophical here, but yeah. Really? Um, but you know, do you know what I mean? Like, it's I just know. so, like... You can plan all you want, but the the magic pinball, or the magic yeah. ping pong machine is, is going to really decide your fate for you. Yeah, like, what's the, the phrase, like, life is what happens when you're making plans? And That's right. Sort of applies to NHL general managers, like... You're sitting there. You're scouting. You're 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 plotting out your cap and these plans and those plans, right? And then it's just like, all right, now we're just gonna throw a bunch of balls in the machine and hope for the best. That's right. And then you know, you have a seventeen-year-old kid, right? Like you know, and I don't know. Like, I'm what I am. I, I was saying this to my wife the other day. What I'm waiting for is one of these years. You know, like you're gonna have some young phenom who, you know, is the next Bedard or the next this or the next that, right? And he decides he wants to go to art school or, you know, he wants to, I don't know, do anything but hockey, right? Right. <laughs> You're going to have all these <laughs> general managers just... <laughs> Ripping their hair out. Yeah, with this, like, you know, dazed look on their face, like, you know, what just happened, right? You know, That's like, right. Well, the funny like... the funny thing is, you know, the fans have kind of... I, I find I find the, the Chicago Blackhawks winning... Kind of fascinating for for a couple of reasons and a little exciting for a couple of reasons. Although I know everyone, and we're not even going to get into the topic, but I know everyone on, you know, half the people on Twitter were having a meltdown because it was the Chicago Blackhawks that that are going to get Connor Bedard. All that aside, for Habs fans, A, I'm thrilled for Luke Richardson. Luke Richardson is, of course, now the head coach of the Chicago Blackhawks. A very good assistant coach when he was coaching with the Montreal Canadiens organization. And I'm pretty excited for Luke Richardson that he's going to have a tool in the toolbox like Connor Bedard come next season. Um, But the other fascinating thing is the fans have really spoken. Um, we saw uh, Rick Stevens in the Rocket Sports Media account retweeted uh, some some content on, on Twitter last night talking about how in the first hour and a half after the draft lottery announcement was made, the Blackhawks had already sold $2.5 million worth of season ticket plans for next season, including 500 brand new season ticket holders. I mean, that is a major instant boost to the economy of a franchise Um, and it just goes to show how invested fans are into Connor Bedard into the excitement of the new success and I just I think it's I think it's pretty cool I also like that he's going to go to an original six team A, a, a generational player like this is going to go to an original six team I think it's pretty cool yeah it is and you know obviously be a shot in the arm for that team right like um they've certainly fallen on hard times and um, that should certainly reinvigorate that franchise, um, to say the least. And, you know, like, you, you need those franchises, right? Like, they, they definitely, they sort of keep the whole economic engine of the NHL going, right? Like, mm-hmm. the Rangers, the Habs, the Leafs, et cetera, um, Bruins. Um, and you've had some of those teams on, on, on downswing now, right? Like, Philly, um, obviously, um, Detroit's been on a downswing for a while. Um, Pittsburgh, it looks like they're starting to kind of hit the end of the road. So, uh, yeah, it's certainly it's certainly beneficial uh, for the uh, long-term economics of the league to have, uh, presumably, the next phenom. Yes. Going, um, to an original six franchise, and um, you'll see where that goes. But, yeah, it's uh, it certainly was a, uh, you know, 
probably a fortuitous bounce, so to speak, to use oh, that, that phrase. Definitely. Um, of, the, of, the, of the ping pong ball, and <laughs> um, we'll see where it goes, but yeah, it's... Uh, and even Kevin Weeks providing a bit of drama by accidentally <laughs> leaking who the Columbus had dropped before yeah. we had gotten that far. Um, I'm not sure that Mr. Weeks is going to be living that down uh, in the studio behind the scenes anytime soon. Yeah, poor Columbus. Poor Columbus. <laughs> and they can't, they can't catch a break. They can't. The fan base is, is a good fan base, and yeah, they just kind of, um, you know, <laughs> it's just, it's it's a rough... It's a rough go for, for Columbus. I really do feel bad for them because, you know, they just always seem to come up short, you know. They do. They do. Well, uh, speaking of coming up short, uh, should mention, so uh, on today's show, we're going to talk here in the first segment a little bit about uh, how things are shaping up in the Calder Cup playoffs. And there are, uh, I think some brackets got busted this past round in the division semifinals because there was a, at least one big upset um, that we're going to talk about. And then in the second segment, we're just going to kind of uh, sprinkle a little uh, kind of suspense in the air about the fact that the AHL Board of Governors meeting is taking place today. So we'll kind of just just give you a, a, a little hint at what they could be discussing today, which means probably next week uh, when we come back to the show, we'll have some news out of that meeting uh, to discuss. But But okay, so you talk about, you know, unexpected things and so forth. The division semifinals were uh, some some of the series were hard fought. Others seemed to go kind of as expected. Uh, I don't think the Bruins organization. We know that they certainly didn't expect to get bounced out of the Stanley Cup playoffs in the fashion that they did. And I'm not sure that anyone in the American League expected the Providence Bruins to get bounced as early as they did in the division semifinal round. And get bounced by none other than the Hartford Wolfpack, who, quite frankly, this season was just not even, like, didn't even measure on the radar all season. Uh, what a what a turn of events that Hartford is going to advance now and, and take on the Hershey Bears. Yeah, I don't even know how to... <laughs> it's like, where to start? Slash Providence um, yeah. situation. You have the, the parent team sets records for the you know best NHL season the best the most wins the most points um they're up three to one in a playoff series they're, they're they seem like they're on their way everybody's feeling good and then you know not even a week later the whole thing is just um up in smoke and then you have a, another situation where you have Providence the Eastern Conference regular season champ in the AHL third overall in the league um like you said, Hartford. Now, granted, they had made some late season changes, and they they were hot down the stretch. Nevertheless, it looked like that was a series that that Providence should take. Instead, they get uh, shut out in Game One. Um, they lose Game Two at home. Um, they manage to pull out Game Three, and by Game Four, they're done. Right? And, yeah. And pretty decisively too. So, um, you 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 know. If you were in Boston management and you were looking for maybe some sort of silver lining or, or, or soft landing after the NHL team was bounced, it's not coming. You didn't get much of that from your AHL team. Right? No, like it was, uh, it was pretty, uh, pretty abrupt. And 
you know, here's a, you know, a team, you know, there hasn't been a night since 1995. There, there hasn't been a, um, a situation where you had the NHL and the AHL team win the championships in their respective leagues in the same year. Mm. Um, and certainly this could have been the year. It looked like, uh, if there was going to be a year for that, it was going to be this year. And, uh, that streak will live on for one more year at least because, um, it's a, it's a major upset to say the least. And it's certainly a, um, um, I think if you're, you're the entire operation, the entire franchise, um, a massive disappointment in terms of, of how this all unfolded. And, and the thing with Providence too is there was no kind of like warning signs of it coming, right? Like this wasn't a no. team that kind of fumbled their way down the stretch and, um, you know, like for example, like Utica last year, mm-hmm. it made some sense. Like, you know, they were the regular season champ in the East, but they were... They were not great. They were incons- very inconsistent. Of that, you know, of that regular season, right? Like, they had gotten off to that 13-game, um, you know, winning streak to start the season. They built such a huge lead that they kind of definitely took their foot off the pedal. And then they were thrown into a playoff situation in a best-of-five, and, you know, they weren't – they just didn't have it. Mm-hmm. Providence was not that case at all. They, they battled with Hershey down to the final, final day of the regular season. Yeah. And, you know, for that first overall spot in the conference, um, you know, they, they had a good finish. Um, I guess if you maybe had to put a finger on it, it was that long 12-day break that they had. Yeah. I mean, the end of the maybe. season in the playoffs. It's hard to, you know, th- those, those are one of those things that, like, those are hard, hard to quantify because if everything goes great, you're like, well, that was a very refreshing break and we were able to get healthy and, we had team bonding and we had this, we had that, right? Sure, like, like sure, yeah. Situation with Hershey, for example, right? Like they they, they, they took advantage of that. of that. They feel great about having that break. Now if you if you get bounced in that, that that first round, now you're thinking, well, you know, did we lose all of our momentum? Did we lose our sharpness? That's right. I think that's what happened with, with Providence, certainly from what what I watched. They just that that that's crispness, that um um, you know, that kind of that precision that you need to have at this time of the year just was not there. And, and, and Hartford certainly frustrated them on top of it. And so it was, uh, yeah. And that's, I think the other thing with the best of five, right? Like there's just that. There's not a lot of room for error. Margin for error. Yeah. And, um, it makes it difficult for those teams. If you're, um, you know, like you fall behind a game or two and you're already facing elimination. That's what happened to Providence. Like within, you know, about 27 hours from the time they started their playoff, they were facing elimination. Uh, they had to play back-to-back nights at home uh, to start the playoffs after not playing for 12 days. And uh, they didn't get really kind of any time to, to kind of gather themselves after that first game and kind of reset and, and, and you know, before they had to go right back and play game two. So that's just the uh, kind of the, the – uh, challenge of the Calder Cup playoffs it's not it's not easy right like for for reasons like that and then obviously um Dylan Grand in, in net for Hartford mm-hmm. huge story um you know world junior goalie last summer uh one gold uh with Canada um he was the number two all year and then you see you have a situation with the Rangers where Louis Domingo's up 
uh, for the Rangers playoffs. Uh, Johnny Brzezinski, the captain, goes up. Jake Lecision, Ibor Hayek, uh, you know. So going into the playoffs, the Wolfpack had lost, you know, their number one goalie, their captain, a top six forward, and a top four D. And <laughs> somehow there, um, they've come through it, you know, with flying colors. Now all four of those players are back. Um, this Wolfpack team is looking dangerous now going into a, uh, another best of five series with, with Hershey. It's crazy. You never know what to expect. Oh, um, no. so Coachella Valley Firebirds, they advance after five games. Uh, the Calgary Wranglers pretty easily went through the Abbotsford Canucks. They advance, uh, Milwaukee, Manitoba went to five games, but it is the Admirals who advance, uh, now to the division finals. Uh, we spoke last week that the Texas Stars uh, and the Rockford Ice Hogs, that was a very fast series. The Stars sweeping the Ice Hogs. Um, the Marlies actually uh, handled Utica fairly easily. They advance. And, of course, Hershey advanced past Charlotte. I think the other the other um, series that we just want to briefly mention is the Syracuse-Rochester series. We talked about it last week. This series started way back on April 21st. It was... Believe it or not, I mean, this was like a three-week-long series uh, that started around the same time as the play-in rounds started. Um, and um, I want to say almost maybe luckily, this series went the distance to five games because if this series had ended on April 28th, it would have been an awfully long time for the winner of that series to be sitting around just waiting to play another game. Um, and it went to five games, it went to overtime, and... Um, what was, what's your feeling? Are you surprised that it is the Rochester Americans who came out on top of the Syracuse crunch, uh, Syracuse getting ousted in the division semifinals? Yeah, that, that, um, for me, that was a toss up series, right? Like I, I did yeah. have that one going five and then that was another tough one to gauge because Syracuse is dominant. The first two games, the game two. They, they hold Rochester without a shot in the first period. Uh, they shut them out 3 nothing. Everything's looking great. And then you run into a six-day break, right? And right. And game three. Game three was just kind of a mess for both teams. It was an 8-5 game. Um, you know, the third period was an absolute uh, circus. Um, so that game, you maybe just sort of, okay, all right, we'll just throw that one out and move on. Well, mm -hmm. game four is a, is a, is a shutout for, for Rochester. And then they have a six-day break coming off two wins. And so now you're almost, it's almost in a way, like it just becomes like a one-game series um, in the sense of like, all right, you're you're coming in, both teams, any momentum that they had is pretty much worn off. Right. Um, and then, you know, Rochester goes up 4-1, Syracuse comes back, ties it in the final minute of play in regulation, goes to overtime, power play, you know, on a, on a delayed game penalty, you know, puck going over the glass, you know, Lawrence pilot, you know, kind of a long shot, you know, it's a goal. That's the series. So, um, it's entertaining to say the least. It was entertaining. It was just a weird <laughs> series, you know, for a lot of reasons, one of which was just the length of it. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it was a five game series with two six day breaks and it ran 15 days, which is, longer than generally a seven game series would be right <laughs> it's it would say it's a little long it's a yeah, little long so it was really hard to kind of get any i think feel for that series just because the teams were even during their regular season 
Then they were even coming into that game five. Then they're even going into overtime. And then it's just, at that point, it's a one goal difference. So, um, yeah, I'm not sure what to take from that. I mean, just, it was sort of the, the tale of both team seasons. Like, Rochester, when they're on, they look great. And when they're yeah. bad, ooh, it's not good. It's like, not good, no. Like, it's really bad, right? And, um, you know, with, with Syracuse, I just found them a frustrating team all season. Yes. They're similarly that, you know, when, when they look good, they were good, but like they would just go into these, these funks, right? Like, and it looks like they never played together, you know, and, um, you know, they were never quite really able to, um, really sort of find their, find their groove for any sort of sustained period. Um, and you know, it's interesting now, like with Tampa, with them going out in the first round, like, where does that whole situation go? Like, do, do, what did the Lightning do with their with their plans? Does does an early exit change anything? You know, uh, the farm system now is it's getting a little uh, threadbare. Um, mm-hmm. I think all those years of those late season deals at the deadline to to trade pitch for for instant help for for the NHL team. Well, you'll have to do that. Um, it is starting to catch up now. Yeah. Um, it is getting pretty thin there in the farm system. So um, it's going to be interesting to see where the Lightning go with this in terms of uh, their, their development system. So um, this was uh, not quite as dramatic as, as the Providence and Boston situation, but you did have obviously one of the top contenders in Tampa go out and now their, their affiliate goes out in the first round. Yeah, that's true. Well, so, um, kind of a disappointment, I think all around, uh, for that entire operation. So now we move on to the division, uh, finals, uh, sets up the Texas stars versus the Milwaukee admirals. Uh, the Marlies now get to face off against the Amherst. Hershey will take on whatever this Hartford Wolfpack, uh, team has become, for me, I think almost the heartbreaking series is that the Calgary Wranglers and Coachella Valley Firebirds have to meet now um, in 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 the division final round, which means one of those two teams is not going to make it past the divisional rounds. Um, mm-hmm. And it's two of your best teams in the league this year. Yeah, number one, number two, they came down to the second to last night of the regular season. Um, Calgary eventually... Uh, finished with a three-point edge um for that uh, regular season title but yeah two teams that really were you know neck and neck all year long um and you know they, they've had an interesting both of them have had interesting postseasons um i like that calgary really was tested by abbotsford mm-hmm. um, yeah that was not a situation where they were able to kind of just come in as the regular season champ and cruise through the first round there and and and, and sweep i mean it was a four game series number one and number two all all four games were one goal games two of them were overtime games in, in calgary um and i was for different points of the series controlled the play and, and and pushed them really hard so i like that calgary was tested early on and um was kind of really kind of put through the paces early and then and then coachella's have just been interesting like they've already played three games facing elimination yeah. <laughs> out, out of six games. Uh, yeah. Um, first time that playing around against Tucson and then the, the previous round, uh, they went down two to one in the series. 
um, to Colorado, and they had to win a pair of games at home. And in the both games that decided the series, they came out and they just, you know, blew the opponent off the ice. Uh, that series against Tucson in the deciding game, um, they had, you know, four goals in the first, like, ten minutes of the game. Mm-hmm. And then the Colorado deciding game, they was a, uh, you know, 5 nothing win. Uh, so it, it looks like, you know, like you can sort of deduce from that that when the Firebirds are put against the wall, they do um, they do come out, you know, and they uh, um, they really know how to kind of like take over the series. Um, so I don't think they're going to be able to do that against Calgary, though. That's the thing. Like if Calgary puts you on the brink of elimination, I don't think you're you're going to be able to do that again. So it, it uh, would certainly behoove them to not fall into that um, same pattern that they fell into against Tucson and Colorado. And you're facing Dustin Wolf. Um, you're facing, you know, a goalie that, you know, I think, you know, literally could just take a series on his own. Um, he's, he's that good. Um, yeah. So it's going to be interesting. Uh, this is, I, I agree. I, I wish this was maybe further on into the playoffs um, because that's just, I mean, just two fantastic teams and two very different teams in a way. Like, like, Coachella is just so kind of like up tempo, and then Calgary can really like, they can really play a great defensive game. Um, yeah, they certainly have some some talent up front as well, but um, you know that, that entire Western Conference really like whoever comes out of it, like wow, like full credit to them because yeah. whoever comes through this Coachella Calgary series, you're not going to get the winner of the Texas Milwaukee series. And those are two legitimate Calder Cup contenders as well. Yep. Um, and that's even before you get to the final. That's so, right. Um, you know, Calgary's path, if, uh, if they get through, if they eventually get to win the Calder Cup, they'll have gone through Abbotsford, a really good team. Um, Coachella, another, obviously, excellent team. Um, either Milwaukee or Texas, and then whoever the Eastern uh, Conference uh, representative is. So, right. And that would be one heck of a, you know, path uh, for a team that's, you know, really, you know, at one point was threatening to set the all-time record for single-season uh, point percentage. Um, so they, they have not had an easy path by any stretch. No, not at all. Uh, but it will, uh, it promises to make for some very exciting hockey watching uh, starting this week. Um Three of those four series do begin on Thursday night with Texas-Milwaukee kicking off on Friday. So uh, we'll have a couple of games in the books by the time we meet again next week to see how how those series are starting to shape up. Uh, A reminder that this is, again, another best-of-five series. Um, So these these series with a couple of games in the books by the time we're back for next week's episode, uh, some some of those teams could be facing elimination already. So... Uh, it'll be uh, it'll be a little nail biting to see how things are looking uh, seven days from now. We are going to take a quick break uh, here from our sponsors at DraftKings and at Raycon uh, with another great incentive, both for our new DraftKings users, a special code for you uh, for Press Zone listeners, as well as a special promo code for 
15% off uh, your purchase at Raycon for the Press Zone listeners. Check out both of those messages. And when we come back on the other side, Patrick and I are going to talk a little bit about the AHL Board of Governors meeting, which is taking place today. So you don't want to miss that. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Press Zone podcast right here on Rocket Sports Radio. Light the lamp during the hockey playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook. Right now, new customers can make a $5 bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. Think you know who's going to win between the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Florida Panthers? Or maybe you're feeling a certain way about how Vegas or Seattle is going to do. Whatever your choice is, go to DraftKings Sportsbook and make your bets before round two begins. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with code THPN. New customers can make a $5 hockey playoff bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text hope and why 467369 in Kansas call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort KS 21 and over in most eligible states but age varies by jurisdiction eligibility restrictions apply see show notes for offer details see draftkings.com/sportsbook for details and state specific responsible gambling resources Let's face it, with coffee starting at 5 bucks, yes, even without any customizations, and our bank accounts somehow always depleting, we are officially entering a dupe session. Most products do the same thing but are priced differently solely based on the brand name. So a good duplicate, or dupe, is crucial for getting the highest quality at the best price. One dupe you definitely shouldn't sleep on? Raycon Wireless Earbuds. Raycon is premium audio at the perfect price point, so you can listen to what you want, when you want, without breaking the bank. Now, why would you want to spend a little bit less on earbuds? Well, because let's face it, getting good quality earbuds or headphones can sometimes really break the bank. And to find a product that has premium quality audio with tons of features at a really reasonable price is kind of one of those leprechauns that you want to take advantage of. Raycon's mission is to prove that you shouldn't have to pay an arm and a leg for quality sound and essential smart tech listening features. You can get a pair and a spare and still pay less than you would with some of those other more big name tech brands out there. Raycon knows that in this economy, every purchase needs to be perfect. They offer buy now, pay later options, and right now you can pay as low as $18 at checkout. They have an easy and free return guarantee. They offer two years of product protection insurance for just a few bucks. And they offer free domestic shipping and flat fee international shipping. They have over 50,000 five-star reviews. And I have to say, I'm one of them. I am a Raycon user. I have a pair of the Everyday Earbuds, and they're just phenomenal. They are so comfortable. There are 
lots of different custom gel tips so you get a perfect really comfortable in-ear fit uh, really good um, noise isolation there's an awareness mode so you can let some some outside noise seep in if you want to be aware of what's going on around you customizable sound profiles earbud tap functions you name it these earbuds have it so what to do now go to buyraycon.com thpn today and get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score 15% off. Buyraycon.com slash THPN. Once again, welcome back to episode 305 of the Press Zone podcast right here on the AHL Report, part of Rocket Sports Media, a proud affiliate of the Hockey Podcast Network. And once again, I am your host of the show and the lead correspondent here at the AHL Report, ahlreport.com. My name is Amy Johnson. You can find me on Twitter at Flyers Rule. And of course, you can follow us on Twitter as well at the AHL Report. And of course, back with me in the studio again is Patrick Williams. Uh, you can be sure to find him on Twitter at PWilliamsAHL. He's a great follow. Lots of information about players and teams all across the American Hockey League all year round so you want to be sure to following follow him as well and of course while you're at it if you haven't yet done so please subscribe to the show tap that share button and share this episode on your favorite social media platform uh tell all of your friends that you love to listen to the breast zone we'd love to uh, welcome them into the community as well so patrick we've got a little uh drama on the table today it's uh, hard to believe that it's ahl board of governors meeting time um of course we don't really know in advance you know all of the topics that they're going to cover. Uh, it's kind of, I don't know, it's kind of a little like Christmas Eve, you know, we're going to wait to see what we have to really kind of chew into next week when, when we find out some of the results of what is being discussed at the Board of Governors meeting today. Uh, but one thing that we can probably guesstimate that they're discussing is, you know, that kind of a little bombastic news that Elliot Friedman had shared about uh, how, um, the Chicago Wolves don't really want to have an affiliate anymore in the NHL uh, and, and don't plan to to have an affiliate next year. I would imagine that's something that they're probably going to discuss today. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you, should, you should say that's a safe bet. Um, yeah. It's, um, I mean, that's, I think most of it's out there uh, through means or another right uh, in terms of uh, you know what could transpire um, obviously it would dramatically alter mm -hmm. the HL just in terms of uh, having that I mean there hasn't been an independent team since 94 95 uh, that was Dave Andrews first season as, as president of the HL that's how far back you're going oh boy um, and that obviously was a much different landscape. That was a time when, you know, the AHL was in a huge fight with the IHL and the IHL had independent teams. And that was one of the reasons that the IHL eventually fell apart mm -hmm. was because the NHL teams didn't want their uh, prospects playing in that environment. Uh, they wanted prospects to compete against other prospects. Um, and so um, it really almost feels like kind of like a you know, back to the future 
um, type of situation where like you know you just don't see that right like there's only I went through I went through the um, the you know the different stats you know over the years and you know 94 95 and then 91 92 with New Haven um, are there really only independent teams going back to the early 70s which is when kind of the whole um, the, kind of the whole formula of the AHL and really of minor league hockey changed dramatically. That was coming off the um, original six, um, you know, expansion, uh, six, 1967. That's when the AHL really shifted kind of into a development mode um, with affiliations, you know, kind of full-fledged and, and everything that comes with that. And, you know, so you still had some left, you know, kind of remaining leftovers, you know, late 60s early 70s you know it was a little bit more of a you know looser setup in terms of um, your affiliations so that's how far back like like this is um it's it's pretty uh, unknown ground for the ahl to have this right like um i'll point out that um you know neither worcester back in 94 95 nor new haven in 91 92 had much success with it yeah uh, and that was not having um kind of to really deal with you know the current landscape um, in, in terms of, well, New Haven didn't have to deal with a veteran rule. Um, so that was one thing. Now, you, I mean, Chicago would have to deal with a veteran rule, right? So, okay, you go on, you sign six strong veterans, but then what? Right. Um, how do you fill out the last, uh, let's say, 15 to 17, 18 spots mm-hmm. on your roster? Um, you know, your, your, your backup goalie, you know, like, and where are you getting these players from? That's my question with it. Right? Yeah, like, you know, um, and, and how many players want to sign up for that, right? Like that's true. How many players want to kind of put that NHL plan on hold? Uh, maybe you'll get some, but most of those guys are gonna fall under the veteran rule. Well, and that's a key thing to point out. It means so you know what does not having an NHL affiliate mean if this actually happens? It means, uh, yeah, part of what you're saying is that there are no young prospects to pull to add into your pool and so you're going to have a much probably older lineup uh that you're going to have to juggle with a veteran role who's allowed to play and who's not but also part of that is that means anybody who signs and plays there there is no nhl call up on the table for that season like nope. you are only going to play in the ahl or maybe the, maybe the echl who knows yeah um, but, but that's it. There's, you know, you, you're signing a contract knowing there is not a single shot in the world that I will get an NHL call up this year. So it's, um, and it also then means that because there are only 32 teams in the league, if one team does not have an NHL affiliation, it means that two teams will have to share an affiliate. And we all know how the dual affiliation, uh, is not exactly optimal for anyone involved. So there's a, there's really a lot of, yeah. There's a lot of stuff to juggle there. It's not optimal even when you have kind of a very amicable um, arrangement. Yeah. Like last season in Charlotte, Florida, and Seattle. um, They played nice. Yeah. Um, They played nice. Uh, Everyone knew it was only a one-year deal. So, um, you know, everybody kind of made, you know, the best of it. And, you know, it ended up benefiting both sides. And um, it it worked out well. But, you know, that's a one-year deal. Like, how does that equation change if you know that you're – kind of stuck with each other indefinitely and all of a sudden well my goalie is not getting enough playing time because I'm kind of the the second uh second fiddle in that that 
there's always going to be a team right. that's going to be the dominant team in that affiliation. Um, and then there's going to be the team that kind of comes on as the second team and they're not going to be happy always. And their, their players aren't getting playing, you know, playing time. They don't have a, a head coach. Uh, they're not getting the, the same amount of say they're not playing the same system. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that, that, that's a really tricky aspect of it as well. And I think, and just, yeah, go back to Chicago, like, where are you finding players who don't fall under the veteran rule who have already kind of like ruled out the NHL? <laughs> There's not many of them. Yeah. Um, and, you know, of those players, how many are going to be, you know, high quality? Um, so that, that, that for me is like. You might find I, a smattering of European players who fit the age group who are looking to come play in North America for a season to kind of get back on a better radar with scouts yeah. to try to get signed in the following year with a team. Um, but that's, again, that's a limited pool yeah. of, of and, players. And, you know, I hear people say, well, you know, maybe some overage junior players. Okay, well, generally those players are overage junior for a reason. For a reason. Yes. <laughs> right? like, those guys aren't coming in and, and, no. and generally being impact players in the AHL. They're fringe at best. Yes. Um, or, or, you know, other people are saying, well, you know, maybe guys will leave college. Like, I, yeah, I, I don't know about that. Breath waiting for that to happen. I don't know that anybody's yeah. leaving college to definitely not play in the NHL, not have yeah, a shot right. to play in the NHL. And, you know, most players, you know, they have to get well into their 30s before they get comfortable with the idea of like, all right, the NHL is not in my future. I'm right. Just, um, I'm comfortable being in the AHL full time. And yeah. I'm signing up for that. Like, guys, maybe right, rightly or wrongly, you know, maybe their, their, their self-assessment is not accurate. But um, I've talked to players well into their 30s who haven't played NHL games in a number of years who think, the, you know, the NHL's you know, call-up is, is, is a moment away, right? And I guess that's kind of the mentality you need. And, you know, but for every Zach Dalpy that there is, who's 33 now and playing with Florida, um, there are a lot of players where that doesn't happen. So um, it's, I just don't see it. No. I don't see it working even maybe on a one-year basis, let alone kind of year in and year out, like, like, I guess the only way you could do it is if you're just willing to completely throw a ton of money at players, but maybe then again, if they want that Europe is probably better, probably the better option just yeah. because it's uh, a great place to extend your career and um, easier travel, easier you know mm-hmm. schedule, um, easier lifestyle. Yeah. Um, you know, so I don't know. Um, I would say that there's a reason that you haven't seen an independent team in the last almost 30, 30 years. years. Yeah. Uh, it's just not easy to do. It's certainly not in today's environment of, uh, you know, development first. Well, we will see. Uh, I, I think this is probably one of the big things that we're all kind of waiting with bated breath to see if anything is, um, if a statement is made at all after today's meeting if a decision is made at today's meeting uh, if any you know it'll be we're looking forward to coming back next week to talk about everything that comes out of today's board of governors meeting but i think this is probably a very very key piece of the puzzle uh and and we'll have 
either way, whichever way it goes, there will be a lot to discuss about it next week uh, because um, whether it goes through or it doesn't, someone's going to be left unhappy. Um, so <laughs> there's there's going to be some tension. Can't make everyone happy, right? Like, no. One of the one of the most important rules of life. That's right. That is right. They're going to learn that the hard way. All right. Well, Patrick, uh, once again, terrific having you on the show. The Calder Cup playoffs have not uh, disappointed at all with the drama and the action and the intensity. And it's only going to pick up even more as this week's division final rounds uh, kick off. And uh, we always thank you for taking some time out of your busy schedule to be here on the Press Zone. Thank you. And with that, uh, that's going to wrap up the show for us this week. As we promised, whether it's the division semi, uh, the division final rounds or the results of the AHL Board of Governors meeting, we are going to have so much to talk about next week. We don't want you to miss it. So be sure you come back next Tuesday for another exciting episode of the Press Home Podcast right here on Rocket Sports Radio. Click subscribe to never miss an episode of the Press Zone on Rocket Sports Radio. Visit AHLReport.com for the latest news on hockey prospects.